Welcome to the Statesman Journal's Explore Oregon podcast. I'm your host, Zach Ernest, and in each episode, we highlight Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places. This podcast is brought to you by the American Forest Resource Council, supporting responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest. Learn more at amforest.org. We're also supported by Visit Tillamook Coast, a land of ocean and forest just an hour from the Willamette Valley that this autumn is stressing the importance of being a good steward on the trail, finding ways to avoid contributing to crowding, and staying safe on public lands. We'll talk about how just a little bit later in the show. Finally, the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department is asking Oregonians to unlock their creativity with poetry, drawings, photos, and songs inspired by the state's most beautiful places. You can submit your work as part of the Oregon State Park Centennial Creative Challenge. It's part of celebrating 100 years of state parks in Oregon, and you can find out more about the Creative Challenge at stateparks.oregon.gov. All right, in today's episode, we're talking about an effort to increase tourism to tribal lands in Oregon, following the recently published Travel Guide to Oregon Indian Country. But first, here's some guitar music to get us rolling. In today's episode, we are going to have a special guest on to talk about the recent publication of a travel guide that aims to increase tourism on lands owned by Oregon's nine federally recognized tribes. Our outdoors journalism intern, Mackenzie Elliott, has been covering this story. Hey, Mackenzie. Hey, Zach. So last week, you published a story about this guide, and then for this podcast, you got an extended interview with one of the people who helped put it together. The guide was published by Travel Oregon which is the state's official tourism office. They actually get funding from the state's hotel tax, and then they go out and promote Oregon in a bunch of different ways. In this case, they're promoting Oregon's tribal lands and festivities. So to start off, Mackenzie, in a nutshell, what is this guide and what's it looking to accomplish? Yeah, so Travel Oregon put out the Travel Guide to Oregon Indian Country in collaboration with Oregon's nine federally recognized tribes. And the guide aims to provide inspiration for visiting tribal regions and highlighting events, outdoor activities, and other attractions like tribal museums and casinos. All right, well, you've got an interview with us today that kind of dives into this topic. So who are you talking to and what ground do you cover? Yeah, so I was able to talk to Travis Hill, who helped work on this year's travel guide. He is the chief operating officer for Umpqua Indian Development Corporation, and he is a member of the Cow Creek Band of Umpqua Tribe of Indians. In our conversation, we talked about the creation of the travel guide, what he hopes comes from the guide, and why a guide like this is so important to tribal communities. We also discussed some fun activities to take part in around the Umpqua area, which is located in southern Oregon in the Roseburg area. Okay, well, we'll return in just a second with Mackenzie's interview with Travis Hill. All right, here to talk a little bit more about the creation of Travel Oregon's Travel Guide to Oregon Indian Country, I am joined by Travis Hill. Travis is the Chief Operating Officer for Umpqua Indian Development Corporation, and he is a member of the Cow Creek Band of Umpqua Tribe of Indians. Hey, Travis. Hey, Mackenzie. How's it going today? Pretty good. I'm super excited to be chatting with you today. Where are you joining us from? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, same here. Uh, good to talk to you again. Um, I'm located to actually speaking to you from Roseburg, Oregon. It's a beautiful, balmy 45 degrees here today, I think, or I know it's chilly. So, yeah. yeah so why don't you go ahead and start off with a little introduction about who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Sure. My name is Travis Hill. I'm uh, actually currently the Chief Operating Officer for Umqua Indian Development Corporation. Umpqua Indian Development Corporation is the uh, corporate arm for the Cow Creek Band of Umpqua Tribe of Indians. We have approximately 11 businesses under the, the corporation side, everything from uh, Seven Feathers Casino, RV Resort, uh, Fuel Station, Truck and Travel, Seven Feathers Truck and Travel. Uh, we have uh, Tacoma Roasting Company. So we have a, a coffee company that produces all of our coffee for our sister businesses. And then myself, grew up uh, Southern Oregon, went to school up in Washington, and actually ended up coming back to Southern Oregon after school about six years ago. The tribe really wanted to really work on diversification. And so at that point, we created our Umqua Ventures, which is kind of the business development side of uh, Umqua Development Corporation. And I moved from kind of casino operations, hotel operations, to Umqua Ventures and the corporate side. Well, awesome. We're so excited to have you here. And so I wanted to begin by talking a little bit about your role in the creation of Travel Guide to Oregon Indian Country. So where did you come in and why was working on a guide like this important to you? So I was approached by Travel Oregon probably a couple of years ago. There, there was originally a guide and I, I really thought it had a lot of value. I was kind of disappointed it, it didn't uh, wasn't something that kind of was happened uh, every few years or a reoccurrence on that. And so when they, they, they approached me on participating in the guide, I was more than happy to, to help out and assist whatever way I could. And from there, we had a kind of a subgroup that really kind of worked on the, the content. You know, as you can imagine, having nine Native American tribes in the, in the state, it's not always easy to try to put together a publication like this. So it did take a little while, but it turned out to be a really fantastic product. And I think it's a, just a good starting point to really kind of set the stage for um, bigger and better things. Yeah. And so what is the goal of this guide? Is it to increase awareness of tribal lands, to have more people visit and get more tourism dollars? And if this guide does do what you want it to do, what does that look like? I, I think it's all the above. Tribes have been here start of mankind, right? And I think tribal tourism is sometimes overlooked. It's, at least it was overlooked in the past. They're like, oh yeah, it's just a casino. Well, our casinos are more than casinos. We have, you know, great food and beverage. We have amenities, you know, hotel amenities. We have spas. We have golf courses. There's adventures in our areas that we you can explore, you know, either by water or by uh, tourist destinations, wine, uh, wine country. There's a lot of tribes that are near wine country regions. And so there's when, when you're in those exploring the tribal destinations, you can also take advantage of what's in the region as well to, to explore. As far as the awareness, the guide is hopefully conveys a bit about the culture of tribes and areas I've discussed of secret spots or, you know, areas that maybe the public might not be aware of or events that we might have, powwows that are open to general public or salmon bakes and those sort of things. Yeah. And so do you think that there's a missed opportunity right now? Do you think that tribal lands and events could be a good place for different communities to gather together more than they are now? Well, actually, 
they kind of gather already. So if you think about, we have concerts, we have convention space, we have meeting space. So we, we actually host a lot of various events as it is. Um, not only for the Calgary tribe and the Seven Feathers, but you know, you go across the state and every region, they do, you know, hospitality is part of, you know, bringing the groups in the community together, tourism. Uh, we, we've had groups from, you know, regional, national. And so uh, we just actually just recently hosted the National Kennel Club, uh, Retriever Kennel Club here uh, back in October. And they, there was individuals coming all the way from Florida uh, for that, that event. Gotcha. And so one of the things that also was really significant about this guide was that each tribe was individually highlighted and they were able to choose what places and things they wanted to include in their own section. And so why was this individuality such an important aspect of this guide? I don't know if it's individuality. I think it was more or less each tribe is in a, in a region uh, almost vastly different for the most part. I mean, we have the coastal tribes, we have the, the central Oregon tribes, we have the eastern tribes, and we're in the, you know, really the southern Oregon region. And there's experiences in this great state that you can enjoy um, in each region. And so as far as individuality, I think it's more or less featuring the opportunities we have in each region and then also identifying the different cultures in that region. You know, the Eastern tribes have a little different traditions than the the Western region tribes or the coastal tribes. Gotcha. And so based on your experience, why is a guide like this important to tribal communities? What do you hope comes from the creation of this guide in general and also specifically in your own community? I think really the 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 guy importance in the tribal communities is to really just showcase the you know the tribal tourism and the impact in our local communities in region and state. Oregon has nine tribes. Some states, uh, Washington State has thirty tribes uh, or near just under thirty tribes. California has a significant amount of tribes, and I think the importance of uh, having a guide like this for individuals that are coming to the state and wanting to explore the different aspects and regions and hopefully maybe get it to experience some tribal culture as well. Yeah, and so diving a little bit deeper into the guide, what can people expect to see highlighted in the guide? What kinds of activities and events will be included? Well, highlighted, we always have, we have, uh, of course, our kind of our feature flagship hospitality businesses and, uh, you know, the tribal casinos, the hotel locations, a lot of events. These are annual events that we currently do, but we, we really tried to also focus on some of the, the culture, you know, significance of the area where the tribe is located, the region, and then uh, foods, right? Everybody loves food. I love food. Uh, <laughs> and so it's a, it's a common language. You know, hospitality, as far as Native American culture, it's about giving a, a gift. Potlatch is, is a tradition that tribes have always used for, for generations. This message is brought to you by Visit Tillamook Coast. So the trails of the Oregon coast and the Tillamook Coast are popular for good reason. They offer everything from panoramic ocean views to stands of venerable old growth trees. With the need to get outside and experience these places stronger now than ever, you'll find their parking lots and trails are also often full. 
With a little pre-planning, you can avoid the crowds and discover some new favorite trails. Visit our trails and recreation map online at TillamaCoast.com. You can choose from a wide variety of lesser known trails. Not only will you be opening yourself up to new discovery, but you'll be helping to ease the wear and tear on many of our most crowded spots. So once again, check out TillamaCoast.com to get started with your less traveled adventure. Sarah Gavori with American Forest Resource Council, and we're proud to sponsor the Explore Oregon podcast. I moved to Oregon because of my love for the outdoors. It also inspired me to go to law school and pursue a career in environmental law. At AFRC, I have the pleasure of advocating for science-based forest management throughout the West. Protecting our public lands helps achieve important conservation goals, including clean air, clean water, and robust wildlife habitat. It also helps provide renewable, climate-friendly wood products that we all depend on. We strongly believe that active management of our public lands is the right thing to do for the environment, for the economy, and for our future. Learn more about AFRC at amforest.org. Okay, well, let's dive even deeper into some of the activities included in the guide. But what are some events happening in your area that people should look out for over the year? Well, Mackenzie, uh, it's hard to list them all, but we really have kind of a flagship uh, list of events we currently have every year. We have our Tacoma Gravel Grinder, which is a, a 59-mile kind of a off-road bike race that is the end of June. We've we've had over a couple hundred riders the last few years. Even during COVID, um, we we were able to have over a hundred riders there. It's it's really really cool event. I did actually personally did the first year and it kicked my butt. I tell you what, I <laughs> funny thing is I purchased a bike like a month before. I thought, oh yeah, I'm in good shape. Decided to go on the the gravel grinder and I made I finished it. But about like three fourths through, my legs are cramping. It's a very extreme uh, bike race, but uh, it was very rewarding and, and I had a great time. And the, the unique part about the gravel grinder is we start the race it, it, as going all the bike riders go through the casino, and then that's the starting point and finishing point. So it's a really cool event. We also have our graffiti weekend um, in July, a coffee and cars, and that is an event uh, where we partner with the local. Roseburg Graffiti Weekend, that's uh, the weekend after 4th of July, typically. And we have classic cars down there. We're serving our Tacoma, Tacoma Roasting Company coffee. And then we also give prizes to the winner of, of, of the cars that are judged. We have our annual 4th of July Veterans Dinner as well. And that's a free dinner that we produce for all of our veterans in this area. We, we provide invites. Veterans come from Southern Oregon, Medford area, Eugene, uh, actually across the state, uh, and come to this event. We usually have about four to six hundred typically on that event. Uh, we also have our Tacotopia, where it's a kind of a food truck event, uh, margaritas, and that's uh, usually in September. A great, great weather for that. We also have our Seven Feathers Fall Classic Rodeo. That's usually the third weekend in, in September. 
and that's a it's a really a two day event, and we usually kick it off with some type of headliner concert, usually country. During the season, for the holiday season, we really go all out. The entire property has lights and trees all out, and we Christmas music playing. So we have really getting the the festive spirit of the the holiday season there. So it's it's always a good time. That's awesome. It sounds like you guys have a lot going on throughout the year and there's a lot of opportunities for people to visit. Where would be a good place for people to learn more about these events? So most of these events occur at Seven Feathers Casino. You can go to sevenfeatherscasinoresort.com. Also, tecalmaroastingcompany.com. They have information on the, the gravel grinder as well as the coffee and cars event. Or you can go to experiencerosberg.com and they carry a lot of our uh, local events as well. Well, I also want to talk about some outdoor activities in the area. So what are some of your favorite outdoor activities to take part in around the Umqua area? Well, I don't know if we have enough time for all those activities. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of depends on the season, right? So, you know, I'm always getting itching uh, early spring to get out, enjoy the weather. Golf is always is, is amazing. Hiking this this region, we have biking, mountain mountain biking trails, hiking through the Yonkwa National Forest. We have our rivers, steelhead season, our winter steelhead. We're actually known for winter steelhead in this region here and the Yonkwa River. Fly fishing on the North Yonkwa is just amazing. Oregon has some really great parks that you're able to camp in, whether it's you want to dry camp or whether you want to kind of glamp it with an RV. Speaking of RVs, we actually have 10-10-10 designation. So it's one of the top RV resorts in the nation. And we actually have yurts and uh, cabins as well as you can, you know, bring your RV there. But call it kind of our glamping package there with the, with the yurts and the cabins. But, you know, so as far as outdoor, it's really the, the possibility is endless. You know, we're located an hour, hour and a half from the coast. Or, you know, if you want to take a, a drive up to Cradle Lake or Diamond Lake, we're just an hour, hour and a half away from those. So. Yeah, it sounds like there are plenty of options for people who are going to be in the area to take part in some outdoor activities. I want to go back to the mountain biking on the North Umqua Trail, just because I recently mountain biked for the first time and it was difficult, but I did have a lot of fun. Have you have you ridden that trail? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so the one thing is, uh, you know. It depends on what time of year you go. Sometimes, uh, I mean, the trails are well taken care of. Some are, you have to be a little more, I guess, a better rider. Uh, you know, there's some re regards to the, the grade or just the terrain, but most of them are for a, a, a you know moderate to average rider. You, you can get around really well. Just go slow. Don't try to try to go too fast, or you might you know hit a stump or a, a bump that could throw you off and. <laughs> I actually had a friend that broke his arm uh, about two years ago. Uh, we were up there, and he was trying to be cool and ahead of everybody and gave a little hop, and off his bike he went. Oh, no. I know. Yeah, I'm definitely a yeah. beginner, so I was wondering if that would be a trail to try out for someone who just started. Yeah. You know, like I said, it's you take it at your own pace, and that's one of the things. You know, there's a lot of great waterfalls in this area, too, that, you know, if uh, you can kind of ride to or even walk to. Um, some are short walks, some are longer, longer hikes or walks. Actually, there's a local group here in the Yumpa Valley that has its mountain bike club, and they're making trails in this area. Wow, that's awesome. And yeah, I actually wanted to bring up the waterfalls as well. Do you have any specific ones that you like to visit? So one of the really, so Wolf Creek Falls, that's a really, really 
cool little hike. It's I think it's a mile and a half in two miles. It's about a two mile, three mile round trip. Great little you know spot at the end. If you're daring enough, you can actually jump off, and it's cold. It's chilly. I've done it myself. And then uh, Watson Creek. Uh, we did have some fires here back in 2020. That so some of the trails are um, still under repair, and they don't quite look as as great as they used to uh, some of the areas. But it's you know still a, a, a gorgeous environment. But unfortunately, the fires did do some damage in those areas. Yeah. So what about any specific hiking trails or maybe a viewpoint or any places that you think are worth the visit? Well, you know, where we're at, we're kind of the, the gateway. You can head right out to Crater Lake from where we're at and especially our Canyonville uh, Seven Brothers location. Uh, a lot of guests will come there, stay the night, make a trip out to Crater Lake and either take advantage of snowmobiling. You can go to Diamond Lake, snowmobile around the, the Crater Lake there, bike bike the, the the rim and there's all kinds of opportunities to really explore that region and if you've never seen it yourself the gorgeous it's it's amazing how blue that lake is yeah crater lake is one of those must-see yeah. things if you're in oregon or if you're in the area definitely so note to self don't do it on memorial day weekend because you'll have a line of car you won't be able to get in there i've tried twice to go memorial day weekend and usually you kind of like Sometimes you don't know how much snow's there or not, but it, and it's usually kind of chilly. But it's a traffic jam trying to get up there, so try to avoid the the major holidays if, if you can. Yeah, and it's kind of a scary <laughs> drive up there if there's a lot of traffic and everything. It is. But yeah, you also mentioned snowmobiling, so we're entering the winter months where people need a little bit more inspiration for outdoor activities besides the typical skiing, snowboarding, that kind of thing. So is there anything that you can recommend that makes for a great winter activity? Yeah. So Diamond Lake, uh, super close to where in this, in this region here, they, they rent snowmobiles. You have the tube hill. The, the biggest thing is you want to make sure you have snow and some years are kind of hit and miss, but if you have the opportunity to, to rent a snowmobile and you're willing enough to, you definitely want to take that trip out across the, the rim of Crater Lake there during that, that time of year. You can also do private trips up Mount Bailey. We had our Anvil Northwest crew uh, do a photo shoot up, up there, and they had a snowcat that took them up to the top of the hill, and they all snowboarded and, and skied down the mountain and had a blast. And But that's that's something that's kind of experience. And I don't know why there's not even a lift on Mount Bailey, because it is a phenomenal uh, mountain, and it, it could be ran most every year as far as you know, skiing and uh, snowboarding. Then also you have like the, you know, the winter steelhead season here that we have a lot of guides in this, uh, fishing guides in this area and they're booked out. I mean, they're right now they're booking for those early 2023 months right now. So uh, January, February, you know, booking out for those winter steelhead. Yes. So it sounds like there's a lot to do year round. Is there anything else people should know about visiting the Umpqua area or tribal areas in general? I think really the, the biggest the biggest takeaway from, you know, visiting this area is experience, take it all in. We have a lot of great restaurants. We have several breweries here in town as far as locally. Uh, the Umpqua Valley is known for their, their Pinot and uh, a lot of award-winning wineries in this region. Uh, we have Wildlife Safari. We at Seven Brothers Casino and RV Resort, we partner with them. We, we have uh, packages where you can get a discount on Wildlife Safari passes there. 
And we also partner with the local golf courses here. Uh, we have actually, strange enough, in a small region here, we have four golf courses in this area in like a 20-mile radius. And so we, we actually work with them all. We have Roseburg Country Club. We have Bar Run, which is a new course, which is phenomenal. We have Myrtle Creek Golf Course and then Oak Hills Golf Course, which is just uh, north of Sutherland, Oregon. So in golf, actually, year-round here is unlike the... You know, the central Oregon where you get a lot of snow, um, you might have a few frost delays here. But for the most part, if, you, if you're willing to golf in some rain occasionally, uh, it's a great, there's a lot of great courses in this area. All right, Travis. Well, is there anything else we should know about the travel guide to Oregon Indian country? And should we be expecting anything else from Travel Oregon in this partnership? I think we covered a lot of really great stuff. If you haven't received or haven't taken a look at the guide, hop on Travel Oregon's website, take a look at the electronic version, order yourself a guide. I think there's a lot of really cool content in it, and it really, really kind of gives you a better insight of the the different tribes in the state of Oregon. Looking forward, uh, you know, just between you and me and the, the rest of the listeners here, podcast, we I've been trying to get Travel Oregon to, to maybe do a little, maybe micro-segments. So we can take a little deeper dive in some of the stuff we couldn't really cover in the travel guide so we can get to some bigger details. And I think we could really kind of take it, you know, continue with some of the stories in, in a little more depth that we just couldn't cover to its fullest in the, in the guide itself. All right, Travis. Well, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about Travel Oregon's new travel guide to Oregon Indian country. It was awesome having you today. Thank you, Mackenzie. It was a pleasure speaking to you and uh, look forward to chatting about this again. And hopefully, you know, this isn't the last time we, we get to talk about this guide and the, the next guide hopefully to come. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to see what else is in store for you guys in this guide. And thank you again. Well, that's about all the time we have left in today's show. If you liked what you've heard, check out our catalog of more than 60 episodes featuring Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places at statesmanjournal.com explore, along with Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. We'd once again like to thank our sponsors, beginning with the American Forest Resources Council. AFRC supports responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest for our environment, for our economy, and for the future. Learn more at amforest.org. We'd also like to thank Visit Tillamook Coast. If you want to plan a trip out there, you can check out their outdoor recreation map that shows all the places to hike, swim, boat, and camp. You can find that map at tillamookcoast.com slash recreation hyphen map. Once again, that's tillamookcoast.com slash recreation hyphen map. And thanks to the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department, which stresses the importance of recreating responsibly and leaving no trace in Oregon's outdoors. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time for the next edition of the Explore Oregon podcast.